MLM Nation, episode 556. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built teams to over 80,000 and is now a full-time business coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us right now. Here is Simon Chan. Hey, are you driven by purpose or just by money? Is network marketing all about fancy cars, mansions, or the quote-unquote lifestyle, or is there more to it? Now, if you're driven by purpose, go check out this new group called Purpose Driven Networkers. Not only do we have a higher calling, but we also have a five-step system that we use to help get your next customer or rep immediately. Go check it out at PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. I am fired up to bring our special guest today, someone I've been wanting to get on the show for a long, long time. She's always traveling around the world, building her global teams. We have Jan Bloom. Hey, Jan, are you ready to make it happen? Simon, I'm ready for everything, always. I don't know what to expect. My first podcast. For those who don't know Jan, she is a multiple six-figure earner. She was the first person in North America to reach the rank of double diamond in her company. She loves helping women with no business background, taking from zero to hero, and especially women of different cultures. She's built global teams and is not only known as Jam Bloom in English, but she's got a given name in Chinese, Korean, Nigerian, Spanish, and Indian. So Jan, you're a worldwide traveler, you build global teams, but how did you get started in network marketing? Take us back all the way back in the day. Okay, well, it's a good thing I can remember that far back. But I want to correct one thing. I am the first female that reached double diamond rank in North America. We've got a lot of talented gentlemen that I work alongside as well, but I am the first female. So I wanted to just correct that for the record. Yeah, you know, thank you for that. I actually had that written down, but I couldn't read my own handwriting. So I'm sorry. I I got so excited. I just skipped the woman part. So sorry. That's fine. It doesn't matter. I just don't want all those guys to come back and yell at me. <laughs> anyway, so 25 years ago, I, you know, I don't have a background in business. My background was in healthcare. And it was a personal interest in my children's health that attracted me to a certain product that had the ability to lower cholesterol. That was a family concern. And as a young mother, I went on a quest to find something to help my kids. Never anticipating that that quest to help my children with their health was going to evolve into a career that would go as long and deep as it has, that would enable my husband to retire from his medical career because my income exceeded his. So what began as a pure interest in health evolved into an incredible enterprise. So were you a customer first before you started doing the business? Absolutely. I was a consumer. I had no idea that a business even existed. The person that shared the product with me never even mentioned the business. Therefore, I didn't know it existed. Maybe a year later, somebody reached out to me and said, hey, do you understand how your business works? And I was clueless. They used phraseology that I was unfamiliar with. Uh, I said, explain it to me. And I said, not interested. I've never been good at math. I'm not a business person. And they said, but you don't know what you're missing. Give it some thought. And I gave it some more thought. And then they said, you know, there's a couple women like yourself 
that are earning five figures monthly doing this business. And I couldn't even fathom it, Simon. I mean, I was a consumer. How could somebody earn that kind of income based on a product or multiple products? That piqued my curiosity. I made a brief trip across the state where I live in Florida. And I sat on the front row as two women gave an overview of the company that they were representing. And I watched the way they walked. I studied their hair, their makeup, what they were wearing, every word that came out of their mouth, I hung on to. By the end of that discussion, I couldn't wait to talk to them. And I just walked right up to them and I said, tell me how you did this. Came home, I said to my husband, I said, you know what? I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I don't know the first thing about this business, but I know I'm gonna try. And his response was, it's cute, honey, have fun with it. Let me know when you win a pink Cadillac. It's basically what he said to me. And um, he just pretty much took what I wanted to do lightly and patronized me. And I think that actually also sent me on a mission to prove him wrong that when I put my mind to something, I'm going to do it. And how long ago was this? How many uh, years ago was this? You're going to make me sound so old. (laughs) 25 years ago. But I got started when I was 12. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So So I want everyone to know, if they hear I was here with one company for 25 years, they're going to think, gee, she's so old. But... No, that, that's amazing. So as a 12-year-old, since I was 25 years, 12 years old, <laughs> how were your first couple of weeks in the business like? You, you decided you're going to do this. Your husband kind of patronized you. How was your first couple of weeks in the business? Clueless. <laughs> I mean, I really didn't know where to begin because I didn't understand the structure. I didn't understand the teamwork. Nobody explained the financial arrangements where there were people that could actually help me. And so it was a struggle for me because I was basically on my own. And so what I did was I just kind of fed off of my passion for the product that provoked me to say, Hmm, love this product. Definitely see there's merit in what they're doing with cardiovascular disease and, and cholesterol and diabetes. And okay, I'll just talk to people. So it began with just talking to people and probably talking way too much. So, you know, I, I kind of winged it until I understood what was available to me resource-wise. What was the turning point? Was it a light bulb moment turning point when you started getting results and things started happening for you? What was that? There was a national conference that I saw a promotion for. And I said, you know what? What I'm doing is fun, but there's probably a lot more I need to learn. So I decided to attend this national conference. I sat in the very back row of a convention hall of thousands of people and um, observing people on stage sharing wisdom and tips and their experiences. It fascinated me. So every time there was a break, I sat a little closer and listened a little harder. And the next break, I moved up a little closer to the point where I sat in the second row and snuck in to sit behind that whole first row of people that were the ones that were on the stage. And I tapped one of them on the shoulder and I said, when they have the next break, can I talk to you? And I had a brief side conversation and asked a couple questions because I really, really wanted to understand how this worked. And so I figured, 
if this guy was on stage and teaching and explaining what he did to be successful, if I could just pick up one or two tips from him personally, maybe that will be the turning point for me. And it was, it really was. That was when I said, I can't wait to get home. Oh my God, I know what to do now. Mm. What do you think really clicked at that uh, event? What, if, if someone is considering going or not going to the company event, what would you say to them? There's a phrase that until you do what we do, it doesn't mean anything. I remember hearing it. They said, oh, this business is a very event-driven business. That never meant anything to me. And I, I'm a social person. I love events. But when it came to business, I didn't know what event-driven business meant. I think after coming back from that and seeing how being in a conference for a day and a half, I heard three or four different things that literally changed the dynamic of my life and my future. And had I not gone there, um, I never would be probably the woman that I've become. And I'm not the kind of personality that ever quotes philosophers and there's a lot of leaders that post and repost quotes and it's just not who I am. But there is one quote that has always stayed in my head and is true. And this is what I'd say about events. You can't teach what you don't know and you can't come back from where you ain't been. And that was a quote by Mark Twain. And that resonated with me because I remember coming back and I said, oh my God, I learned so much. I never would be able to know what to do this week in my business if I wasn't there hearing all these people say all those things that they said. So I feel that when people make a decision that they want to be engaged in a business and be successful, it's like whether you want to be a doctor, you want to be a nurse, or you want to, you want to be in any business, there's training involved. I mean, if somebody wants to open up a Burger King franchise in Miami, there's Burger King University. You've got to get the training and the teaching. And so I think that the events play a huge role in the success of somebody's future. I like what you said before. Uh, can you repeat that? Unless you do what you do, we do, you can't be successful. So that's from the leader. It was, you can't teach what you don't know. And you can't come back from where you ain't been. So if you don't put yourself in an environment of learning, how could you teach it to others? Yeah. And you got, and you want to be successful. You got to do what leaders do. And leaders go to events. Like you I, see before I, you become. I, inspired. I, I mean, I saw leaders attending and teaching from stage and they created a visual for me. Had I not been there, I wouldn't have had the visual to picture myself in. Mm. This is uh, one of my favorite questions. Uh, you've been in the profession since you were 12 years old, you know, 25 years ago. What was your worst, worst moment in network marketing? That like most people will quit, but you did it. And that's why you are where you are today. Before I answer that, I just have to clarify. You do know that 12 years old is a joke thing, right? Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just want to make sure that whoever listens to this podcast doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you cut in right now, like, oh my gosh, you started 12 years old. No, you got to start from the beginning of the show. We were joking around. <laughs> okay, maybe that's it. The joke has to die now, okay? So your, your question, your question was... Um, what was your worst moment to the point that you were miserable, you hated it, and maybe you regret do you, even doing this? Like, why am I doing this? But you stayed in there, and that's why you are where you are today. 
You know, I think my worst moment, and there's been a lot of bad moments. I mean, that's business. It isn't always hunky-dory. Every business has bad moments. But I think my worst moment was when changes occurred within the company. And, you know, I think changes paralyze people and it frightens people and change makes people back off and it makes them leave and it makes them abandon their dream or it makes them abandon their objective and, and, and they look elsewhere. I think, you know, my personality is the type, I look at change differently. I think change is good. Change means growth. Change happens because what was going on up until that change needed to be adjusted. So me, my personality has always been, okay, there's a change. I'm going to adjust my strategy. I'm going to roll with the change and I'm going to just move forward. And my greatest disappointment was observing leaders around me, people saying, whoa, wait, what's going on? And going here and going there and thinking the grass is greener elsewhere, where I felt like that was the wrong mindset. And people that I had tremendous respect for, I lost respect for them because I'm a very loyal person. Mm -hmm. And I believe that when change happens, you have to believe in yourself that you can work with that change. And so it bothered me how quickly people gave up on themselves or quit. And the worst moment was seeing some very talented people jeopardize their futures because they got panicky about change instead of staying true to who they were, why they got started in the first place, and having the vision to continue working with it. That was the worst for me, seeing things in people that disgusted me. That's very, you got to stay true to yourself and your belief. And it uh, changes the way we grow. And everything changes. Nothing good lasts and nothing bad lasts either. It's, it's in cycles. I think almost every time it changes, it's like it's a way for you to reinvent yourself and get bigger and better. But you're staying constant in that journey towards your vision. You know, Simon, reality is my husband is a physician who practiced for over 25 years, had a certain type of practice where a patient would come in and they'd pay for their visit and it was charged a certain way. And then all of a sudden something came into the picture called HMOs and managed care. And when that happened, every physician was faced with change and it freaked them out. But they didn't leave medicine. They didn't quit their practices. They just readjusted their strategy. And all businesses have change. And so I think that, you know, as a leader, the one thing I like to teach people is roll with the punches, go with the change, be creative and work around it. Yes, good, good, good advice here. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. Just wanted to interrupt real quick to bring you this week's show ambassador, who is none other than Jared Radford. Jared says, thanks for your faith. Been listening to you for two years now. Thank you, Simon, for helping me to see this business for what it truly is. People just loving people. I'm a former youth pastor and my faith is super important to me and I needed to know my core values wouldn't be compromised and I could still fully trust this business model. By you taking a stand for your faith, it gave me permission to step out on mine. This is worth a million to me. Thanks, Simon. 
Jared, wow, thank you. Thank you so much for that super kind review. It means the world to us to know that there are good people out there that are leading the charge on this phenomenal, phenomenal business model that, that we call network marketing. So thank you again for that review. Guys, if you want to be next week's show ambassador and be shouted out amongst the thousands and thousands of listeners all across the world, simply just go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. That definitely helps us lift the profession and helps more people hear about our show. So I look forward to seeing you and and calling your name next. So let's get back to Simon and the show. Since you talked about your vision, staying true to vision, you have a big heart to helping women become successful. And that's part of your vision. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? What inspired you to do that? Like taking these women with no business experience or maybe no success at all and making them like zero to hero. Share a little bit where you got that passion from and what you do. First of all, being a woman who started knowing nothing and seeing what I've accomplished, and it was because of this industry that had so many different elements to it. The element of personal growth, I became a better person, a better listener, a better mom, a better friend because of things I learned being in this industry. I also found that my personality is I feed off of helping people. I love to help people, whatever, whether it's helping them do something in their house or helping them with their health or helping them do a task, whatever it is. I've fed off of that. And I know that women are like me. They love to nurture. They love to help. And that this is a perfect industry for women. So I decided that I wanted to focus on helping women who were like me, who knew nothing about business, who knew nothing about healthcare, medicine, nutrition, or anything, and show them, wow, here's this really cool, simple model. It's already in place. There's an infrastructure there. All you got to do is bring yourself into it and Janize it or Lisa-ize it or Karenize it and just make it your own. And what I did was I went on a quest to identify women that had a big vision but didn't have a vehicle to conquer their vision. And when I would identify somebody like that, I just wrapped my arms around them, we joined at the hip, and I just coached, mentored, and trained them and taught them everything I know. Because my goal was to prevent them from making all the mistakes I made all those years and all the things that I did that were not so intelligent. I made a lot of dumb mistakes. And so helping women be successful, literally taking a woman who lived in a tiny town with one stoplight, develop an international business, to not only develop an international business here in our industry, but to take it even one step further and develop a whole international business that fed off of this. And to take other, let's say, healthcare providers who have no business savvy whatsoever, teach them, wow, here's a way that you can be not just a doctor in an exam room, but you can literally be an enterprising woman in business and in healthcare and in helping people. And then it went to a whole other level. Then I began to meet women of different ethnicities. And that required tremendous adjustment for me because I would meet somebody who is from Asia. And the Asian culture is very different from my culture. And I had to twist and turn and work and learn how to say and do things. I remember, you know, uh, sharing and, and doing a presentation. I was the only. American person in the room, and everybody's just looking at me like this. Nobody <laughs> smiled. Nobody like moved their eyes. I was a nervous wreck. And then afterwards, I said to the person that put me in that room, I said, "Okay, what did I do wrong?" 
And I loved being able to learn how to adjust myself and learn from the people I was working with. So I never claimed to be the leader that knows it all. I think there's a little bit of everybody inside of me because I feel like I've learned so much. When I look at my business, my, la- my, my, my Latino business, I don't speak Spanish, but I've traveled all through Colombia and Puerto Rico and Mexico, and I deal in the Latin markets. And I feel so connected to the Latin women because I'm a party girl. I'm very social. And the Latin people are just all about the party. Business is a party. So I fit right in there. And then I, I locked into this amazing Nigerian woman who just changed my life as far as learning a whole new culture and feeling so special that I was able to open the minds and help so many people in that environment through this one person and learning the culture of the Nigerian community. And then I traveled through India for six weeks, three different times. And you want to talk about cultural differences. Oh my gosh. I mean, what a male dominated business environment there. And to step in as a woman and earn the respect, that was scary, but I did it. And I did it because I'm so excited every time I meet somebody from a different culture to learn their culture, to learn how to behave in their culture, to try their food and eat with them and drink with them and meet their families. And I just, I am so lit up when I meet people from different backgrounds. And I'll tell you, um, I don't speak any other languages. And the few that I attempt Oh my God, they're really embarrassing. <laughs> you know what? It's been worth it um, just to learn what I've learned. I, I feel like I've traveled the world through a handful of incredible women that I've met. And to me, that's very satisfying. I, I, I love that growth. That's the personal growth part of our industry that's super cool. I think you touched on an important point. If you, if for those uh, listeners who want to grow internationally, I think the first step is you got to learn about other people's culture. I think, Jen, you talked about a leader. You don't know everything. You're constantly learning. And when you're learning about other people's culture, uh, it shows that you care first. And that's how these people are connecting back with you, right? Because the way the things are done in China, very different from Nigeria, different from India, all these countries that you've been with. Well, somebody taught me something. Again, like when I was doing the business, all these really seasoned business men had all these phrases that I didn't understand. They didn't resonate with me. And I remember it stuck in my head. Somebody said, Oh, think global, work local. Meant nothing to me, Simon. Then I met somebody who was from India. And I'm thinking, Wow, I'm going to be opening in India. Hmm. And so what I did first was I secured an extraordinary friendship and relationship with this person from India who lived here in Texas. And it's all about the relationship. So I cultivated amazing relationships with women of different cultures and ethnicities here. And I locked in our friendship, true, genuine, authentic friendships, um, before we ever even thought of going abroad. I I just, I didn't have going abroad here. I, I cared more about what was I developing and learning from that woman here? And if it went abroad, great. But even if it didn't, I still felt the gift of having them in my life and what I learned from them. That's so cool. cool. 
Let's shift gears a little bit for someone because you're going back to the women uh, before, like you help people with no experience to ha- uh, being successful and you market health products. Um, if you're going to give advice to our listeners and then in a health company, what's the easiest way for someone to get the, the next customer? Well, first of all, you've got to be visible. When you're working in the healthcare industry, you need to be visible with your products. And you need to be using products in front of people. I mean, so many great companies have products and people will wake up in the morning and they use all their products and then they go out and about in their day. I totally have never done that. I have totally gotten out of my house and I never leave without one of my products. I'll always be drinking my product and somebody will say, ew, what is that? It looks disgusting. It does. Look at the color. And I'll say, well, I live in Florida. It's swamp water. No, I'm kidding. Huh. And I make a joke of it. And I let them know what the product is. And I say, this is what I drink every day that keeps my head clear, keeps my energy levels where I need them to be. And they'll say, what is it? So I provoke conversations and gain customers, whether I'm standing in the line in the grocery store. My product, this is always in my hands. When I am anywhere and I am at a social event, I will always be listening for things people talk about. And if you notice today, people are always complaining about, oh, I'm tired. Oh, my cholesterol's high. Oh, doctor once put me on blood sugar medicine. People are always whining and complaining. So when you're listening for those kinds of clues, you're almost like a detective and you're listening for clues to then find a way to create a conversation with that person. Could be about something completely different. Don't hone in on you know, trying to talk about their diabetes, you just heard a mention, talk about something else, start to develop the relationship, and then say, you know what, let's stay in touch. Then you come back and follow around. And after you've stayed in touch with them, then you may say, you know, I remember when we were at that event at so-and-so's house, you mentioned something about diabetes. What if I knew there was a way that I could help you with that? Would you want me to tell you about it? And so if you want to gain customers, you need to be visible. You need, your best tool is your mouth and your ears, your senses. And you want to sniff out information. You want to listen for clues. And then you want to talk, not about your product, not about your company, but you want to talk about that person. Because people love to talk about themselves, interview them, ask them as many questions as you can to keep engaged in conversation. Great advice here. Hey, a uh, couple other questions here. Next was, how important is consistency to success? It's the total secret to success. You cannot be successful in business if you do some work on Monday and don't pick it up until Wednesday. Oh, and then Saturday, you'll do something else. Put it this way. I have experience where big, dumb businessmen, Dumbest business mistake I ever made. Don't ask why I did this, but being real. I had an opportunity to open up a stationary invitation store. And I figured, you know what? I'm going to diversify my income. I have, you know, an ongoing recurring income from this. I'm going to invest in different areas. And so I decided I'm going to invest in this store. And this store needed to be opened every single morning at 10 a.m., stay open until 6 p.m. And I hired a manager to run it and do everything because I didn't want to be sitting locked up in a store every day. For me, it was a business investment. And if that door didn't get opened every day, no business would get done. 
this is the same thing. Like every business, you've got to do this business every single day. I don't care if it's five minutes, 15 minutes, or 30 minutes, a little bit every day, or at least work your business five days a week. If you want to work your business Monday through Friday, or you want to work your business Wednesday through Sunday, whatever your schedule allows. But if you don't do this business a little bit every day, you're not building your business with the intent to have a really successful future. It's more like a hobby and you're squeezing it in where it's convenient. So consistency a little bit every day has been the secret to my success. Mm -hmm. Related to consistency, what is the role of accountability play in helping someone become consistent? Well, I think accountability is everything. First of all, when I'm working with a brand new partner, they're insecure. They're fragile. I, I look at like a mama bird and I've just given birth to, you know, some new babies and I'm not going to go send them out of the nest and they're not going to be able to fly. They don't have their wings yet. So one of the things that's critical is that as a leader, keeping very close accountability, whether it's texting every day, emailing, what's your strategy for the week? Let me see what you plan to do every day. Just touch base. Okay, here's what I accomplished today or every two days. But that constant communication and that accountability to each other between leader and new person that they've just enrolled, that is critical because if you let days go by, days go by and the new person that just enrolled, they might have talked to three, four or five people and said everything all wrong and blew it. Well, had you talked to that person right away, you could have said to them, well, who'd you talk to today? Great. What did you say? You hear what they say. You know what? I'm glad you only spoke to three people because if you would have said that to the next 10 people, you would have blown it. I'm glad you told me about this because now let's refine that a little bit. So I think accountability every day and communication are critical for the success in this industry. Now, you've been in the profession for a long time. Uh, How have you seen the profession change? And then do you see people more open to network marketing than before when you first started? Oh, without a doubt. First of all, the changes I've seen is how technology has integrated itself into our relationship building industry. You know, when I got started, there was no internet. Everything was face-to-face. And this is a relationship-driven business. You know, there's great opportunities and companies out there. People, I think, don't join companies. I think people join people. And the only way that people can join people is if you have the chance to warm up to them and have that face-to-face. Well, when technology came in to the, into play, something I had to learn was how do I humanize this technology? Because I'm, I'm such a touchy-feely kind of person, and I hate the screen stuff. And so I have found that the changes of technology have hindered some people because... They've not mastered the art of how to build a relationship online. They just splash out their products or they splash out their opportunity. And then the perception of everybody that knows them, that's their friends, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social platform they're using, they're like, oh, they're just selling this or, oh, they're just touting this opportunity. Where if people could learn how to be in, like they are in their human life with the technology and recognize the technology is a tool to expedite information only, I think that that will be a way to take the change of this technology invading our industry and make it a positive spin 
that was one question you asked me is a change that I saw. So it was the technology. What was the other part of your question? Are people more open to network marketing than before? Or is it relatively still the same? Um, I think people are more open to it based on how you present it. Um, you know, back when I first got started, people had all kinds of funky experiences I, that I was unfamiliar with because I'd never been in the industry. So when people were negative, I'm like, wait, what are you negative about? I didn't get that. So I never allowed that to even be part of my world. But today, as we've rolled forward and we've got different generations seeking futures for themselves and jobs being so scarce and really talented people looking to be enterprising and entrepreneurial, I think they are open and their minds are a million, going a million miles a minute with their Instagram and with their social platforms. And, and they think that, you know, wow, I can build a business and build it online and use the internet. That's awesome. When you have someone like that, the key is to teach them how to enjoy network marketing correctly with the technology and the openness to it. When you explain to somebody, you have an opportunity here to build a business domestically and internationally. And it's not, I don't even call it network marketing. It's, it's educational marketing because I feel like our role, when I work with people, I'm saying to them, my objective here is to educate you. And I feel like we are in educational marketing. So when I'm talking to a new person, I've kind of, I, I've gotten away from the old jargon that I grew up with in this industry. Just like things are changing, evolving, and progressing in our in, in business all around us, we need to change and evolve and change our phraseology and semantics play a huge role in, in things, how you say things. You can take the words network marketing and it can be presented in a different phrase and somebody doesn't have that network marketing stigma. I would say to somebody, so what's your favorite thing to do? Well, I love helping people. I love educating people. See, so what if I knew there was an educational opportunity where you can help people with a variety of health issues? So they'll say, sure, tell me more about it. And so then when I just show them the support documentation that I have or the tools that I use, they're open. It's because of how I initially presented it. And so I think that people need to look at what comes out of their mouth in those first few minutes that they're starting to talk about a potential business relationship. Hey, you've been awesome, Jan. Thank you so much. Hey, we got to wrap it up, Michelle. Come a couple quick questions. You could be one-liners. A couple quick questions. I'm going to pick your brain. Okay, so the first one is, what's the best piece of advice you ever received? When you find yourself talking more than the prospect, you blew it. Mm. I like that. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Never going to sleep without having made at least three contacts that day. Goes back to the consistency, three a day, right? What's your favorite prospecting tool? So say someone is uh, interested, uh, do you send them a video? Do you meet them? Do you use do Zoom? What do you like to use? First of all, my favorite prospecting tool is my mouth. And everybody has that same prospecting tool. But I don't think there's one tool that's my favorite. I think the most important thing is that, I know this is supposed to be one line, but I can't do this in one line. It's too important. (laughs) 
The most important thing is not using one tool for everybody all the time because everybody relates to different things. Some people like to read something. Some people like to watch something. Sometimes they like to listen to something. So the best prospecting tool is the tool that's best for that person. So if you're going to talk to somebody, say to them, hey, I'm happy to send you information. What do you like to do? Do you like to read something? Do you like to go to a website? Or do you like to watch something? Ask that, find out what they like. Then that's my favorite prospecting tool to send them. Do you have a favorite app on your phone that you could recommend or like an online resource like Dropbox or Evernote that you could recommend? Nope, because I use a variety of tools and my favorite app is the one for my company. <laughs> What's one or two books you could recommend to ML Nation? I am the worst reader in the world, but there is one book that kept my attention and I, it's important. I actually have it right here. The Power of Habit. I think that everything is about forming good habits, new habits, and breaking old bad habits. And I think that's what it's all about, is you're coming into something new, and you need to form new habits. And so learning the power of habit is important. Hey, this is Simon Chan, and I understand it's easy to become overwhelmed. That's why I created something for you that in under 60 minutes, you'll be able to recruit your next rep or customer. Now, I understand where you are, because before I built a seven-figure network marketing business, I struggled. I'm just a shy, quiet Asian kid from Brooklyn, New York, and I didn't even know what to say and who to talk to, and that was way back in 2003. But over the time, I learned a few things to help me not just build online, but offline as well. This helped me build a business over 80,000 distributors. Now, since then, in the last 15 years, I've seen a lot of good and bad. The good in network marketing is that network marketing, the profession has been more accepted than before. The not so good is that there's so many trainings out there that's easy to become overwhelmed and whether, you know, if this isn't going to work for me or not. And you may have asked yourself that question. I mean, if you look at Facebook, there's so many trainings out there, but what will actually work for you? So I made something simple. I created this guide and the system that's based on not just what I learned to build a seven-figure business, but based on the latest strategies that over 500 leaders are using. And I made this into the MLM Recruiting Mastery System. The system is over 10 modules. And even if, you, if you're tight on time, like I'm, you probably are, right? You're doing this part-time. I created a social media recruiting quick start guide that basically, if you're just short on time, just go through that. And in under an hour, you'll be able to recruit your next rep or next customer. So go check out the system. Go to mlnation.com forward slash mastery. It is the ML Recruiting Mastery System. Again, go check it out, mlnation.com forward slash mastery. And I look forward to hearing your success and how you get your next rep or your next customer. And here's the last question, the million dollar question. You ready? I don't know. So imagine you had to start all over again and you knew no one. So didn't know your husband, didn't know your kids. Or you kind of got the alien that was dropped on another planet, but he spoke English. But you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you do, the first place you go to find prospects and build a network marketing business from scratch? I go anywhere that there's people. Because in network marketing, this is a people industry. And without people, you cannot build a business. So I would think about where should I go today that there's going to be people around that I can create a conversation opportunity. 
I just look for conversation opportunities. So I'd either stand in line at the grocery store or I'd go somewhere where I had to stand somewhere for like people go to the grocery store, Simon, and they look for the shortest line to get in and out. I do the opposite thing. I'd go to the longest line so I could talk to the person in front of me and the person behind me. I'd have my product with me and create some kind of conversation. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, as we wrap up, any last words of advice, Jan? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect with you? Well, how can I tell them? They can email me. My email address is jan at janbloom.com. My website, janbloom.com. And should I get my phone number? <laughs> I know, that's risky. You have a lot. Yeah. Lots and lots of downloads here. Yeah. I think maybe what we'll do is just leave it, email me, go to my website. And, you know, I, I like to help everybody. I talk to people that are in my company, outside of my company. I help people that are part of my business and not part of my business. It's, you know, it's giver's game. And um, whatever I can do to help anybody that's heard this, if, they, if something I said resonated with somebody, let them reach out to me. I'm happy to help. And any last words or advice? Yeah. Stay loyal to yourself and winners never quit and quitters never win. That's one quote that has always stayed in my head. That's what I live by. Lastly, if you want to know how I got where I am, I got where I am saying and doing what everyone else was thinking. So don't think about it. Just do it. Hmm. I love that. You ended, you ended on a great note there. Hey, Envon Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you'll be hanging out with Jan Bloom. So keep up the momentum and go to MLNation.com, click up on the podcast tab, and you see the show notes. All the nuggets of wisdom that Jan shared will be right there. Jan Bloom, J-A-N-B-L-O-O-M. Hey, in order to be successful in network marketing in life, you must help others. So Jan, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, Jan, and God bless you. Thanks, Simon. Appreciate it. Hey, I'm El Nation, Simon Chan. Here's a recap review from a great show from Jan Bloom. Dear Jan, I really respect her a lot. What we didn't mention on the show with her was she's been with the same company for 25 years. Yeah, I just respect that. You know, that's really good residual income. And I love what she said. It's like, things change, right? But people join people. And... It's about working through those changes. It's really about how you grow, right? You got to stay true to your vision and belief. And just like anything in every network marketing company, there will be good times. I'm telling you, there's going to be bad times. But can you stay true to your vision and belief and stay loyal? I mean, loyalty is a big part to Jan. 25 years, same company. It's really impressive. And you know how it all started was she went to an event and just give you something to think about. It's about relatability. She was able to relate to two women that were successful. So if you want to, if you want to recruit people or you have an ideal person you want to recruit, how relatable are you making yourself relatable to the prospect that you want to sign up, right? And another thing is her husband didn't really quite believe in her and that actually pushed her to really do the business. Uh, but I think that the turning point was going to her national convention. I think this is a re- repeating common theme in every episode, every top you know, leader of multiple six-figure, seven-figure earner, their aha moment was going to convention, the national convention. And she went from sitting the bleachers to always stuck up in the front, but you really catch the vision. And a lot of times, there's the one thing you catch out there. And she shared a great quote uh, from Mark Twain. You also talk about like, unless you do what leaders do, 
right? And leaders all go to events. You can never have what they have. You got to do what leaders do. You got to work on the activity and go to an event, uh, whether it doesn't matter how much money you have, you got to make it happen. Attend those events. It's an awesome show. You should talk a lot about culture, building internationally, learning culture first. Really important. That's more important than anything because again, that's relatability and showing that you care about others more than people interested in your product or, or business, right? And Thinking globally, if you want to go global, think global, but work local. Work in local markets, and you can connect. You to share how she met a Nigerian woman, really learn about her culture, how things work, and then that made her relatable, and then she grew a business out there. And, you know, at the end of the day, people join people, right? People are open to network marketing. I love what she said. People are open to network marketing based on how you perceive it, how you present it. How do you see it, right? What are your thoughts? How do you... How do you, if you're listening to, I'm sure you're proud of it, but do you present it well? How do you present it? Are you needy, desperate, or you have posture, or are you being that leader and uh, you have that belief? So, and last thing she talked about, stay loyal to yourself. You know, there's going to be good times, bad times, but you stay loyal to yourself. You have the belief this is an awesome profession. And uh, yeah, thanks again to Jam Boom. I, I really enjoyed that interview. 25 years, same company, making it happen, and still, uh, one of the, still one of the top recruiters in her company. Really, really impressive. Hey, if you like the show, uh, if you actually want to connect with Jan, I highly recommend you do that. Go to mlnation.com, click on the podcast tab, and you re- you'll be able to connect with Jan. Just look for Jan or the show notes, the nuggets of wisdom will be there. And if you like this, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or on Stitcher. Really appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Now it's time for you to take action. Let's do this, ML Nation, because remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Hey, ML Nation. I would love to prospect together with you and also help guide you on what to say, how to reply back to your prospects so that you can get your next customer or rep this week. You want to know how? Just go to PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Again, that's www.PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com.